0: never know where life is going to take you. Some people know exactly where they want to be and go for a full throttle. Others just stumble upon it organically, and then there are those who just follow their intuition. This is a podcast about reaching your personal best through resilience, motivation, and passion. This is... Mark My Words. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Mark My Words where I talk to entrepreneurs and those who have been through the ups and downs of career transition and everything else in between and today i am really excited about my guest who is lynn power who is a co-founder and ceo of asami hair care but i cannot overlook the fact that she is also known as the last ceo of jay walker thompson which i think is pretty impressive and amazing and uh You know, you're also a co-founder of HMS Beagle, which I don't want to overlook. And, you know, we'll get to talking about that too. This is Lynn Power, everybody. Welcome to the show, Lynn. How are you doing today? Thank
1: you. I'm great. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you. And I thought that the weather was going to actually cancel this session today, but. Like all the rest of the storms we had this year, I've been able to get around it. It's like Mother Nature knows my schedule. So,
1: <laughs> so you're controlling everything. Damn. Now I know.
0: Uh, well, I, I'm not Mother Nature. So let's make that clear. If I was Mother Nature, then it would be a, we wouldn't get snow at all. So <laughs>
1: that's true. Yeah, I mean, it snowed where I am today. It just seems like it's relentless.
0: Yeah, you you got the same storm that we got, I guess, last night and this morning. Yep. So we keep kind of passing these storms on to you guys.
1: Yes, thank you very much.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe I do have control of the weather. But... Uh, you just so... realized it. <laughs> yeah, you, I think you realized it before I did. Yeah. <laughs> so... Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk about your entrepreneurship and your career transition. And I can't wait to talk to you about, uh, just all the things you experienced maybe in the advertising world and everything else that, you know, just how you went from that into what you're doing now and how that really, uh, impacted you so I guess uh one thing that I want to just start off with just going through the timeline of your career and me being the diligent host (laughs) that I try to be so it looks like at one point in your life you were thinking more about like for criminal justice and uh you kind of went from, and you're laughing at that, but you kind of went from thinking about that to where you wound up today. What were you thinking uh, back then when it came to being in criminal justice? Like, what did you want to do?
1: You know what? It's funny because it was so long ago, but I I loved this whole idea of being like Clarice Starling, you know, and um I I think it's because I like problem solving. And in a way, advertising is similar. It sounds weird to say that because people are like, what do you mean? It's nothing like FBI. But it But you are solving problems, just different problems, client problems, business problems, marketing problems, and using creativity to solve those, which is why I think I ended up loving advertising. But I really fell into it because to your point, I had a career path that was, in that direction. Um, and then when I graduated, um, guess what? There were no jobs. There was a recession. So I got a form letter from the government, from the FBI. I had applied to a bunch of the agencies and they basically said, you're on the list somewhere, but, um, you can check back in in six months.
0: Ah, uh, the list. It seems like any, time I talk to somebody about something that's really like prolifically government related there's always some kind of list there's a
1: list right yeah i know so i might still be on the list for all i know i'm gonna get a call and they're gonna say okay we have a job for you now wouldn't that be something
0: yeah and you're gonna say wow i've been waiting for x amount of years
1: i've been waiting
0: now it's finally
1: this, here doing um, all
0: this other stuff i know now, now you want me would, yeah, exactly. would you not to cut you up, but would you take that opportunity?
1: I couldn't now. I might have a few years ago. I would have thought about it hard, but I'm loving what I'm doing now because now I'm in control. Right? I'm I'm my own boss, so I couldn't give that up.
0: So you're just in a completely different place in life. Like you couldn't even imagine being in criminal justice now.
1: Not at all. You know, and it's a weird time to be in it if you think about what's happening all around us, right? It's, it's a hard job, my God. Um, so, um, no, I'm, I'm happy that I ended up where I did. Um, I wasn't planning on doing anything related to marketing or advertising. I hadn't studied it. I didn't know anything about it. And I ended up when I, like I said, I couldn't get a job. And my alternative was to live at home with my parents Which for most of us is not a great alternative. So I, yeah, so I interviewed at all sorts of different jobs and I ended up getting a job as a receptionist in an ad agency because I was breathing and I could answer the phone. (laughs) Um, And I ended up loving the environment and got myself promoted to, you know, okay, now I'm an account coordinator, now I'm an assistant account executive, and I kind of worked my way up. And then I just, it just stuck. I stayed in advertising for 30 years, such a long time, but that's what it was.
0: So, not to put the cart before the horse, because I know there are things I'd like to ask about your experiences, I guess, uh, in the trenches, so to say. But I, I've never actually talked to anybody who was like, a CEO of anything in, like, corporate America. I mean, obviously, on this <laughs> it's show... not
1: that mysterious.
0: <laughs> it, it, it feels so mysterious. But, I mean, I know with this show and with the way our world is, yeah, I've met a lot of people that have their own business. So I don't want to be too starry-eyed about it, but I, I have to wonder, because... I'm a person who I feel like I have a real good work ethic. I feel like I've, I've worked very hard, and I had to fight like hell just to get promoted from technician to a supervisor in my field. Like, I really had to work really, really hard, and to go to that next level was like, you know, just really, really hard. So, When I see that you didn't even study, like, advertising or anything related to it, you weren't even thinking about that. And you built yourself up to where you were, which is amazing. I mean, how, in your opinion, like, how do you do that?
1: Well, that's a good question. I mean, I think there are some people that are just really – well suited for certain industries. And what I didn't know about myself, I couldn't like in hindsight, I couldn't have known about myself until I was doing it is that the benefit of working in advertising is you get to work on lots of different businesses and lots of different industries. So you never really get bored. Some people like to go deep on one thing, you know, and really, really become an expert in that specialty or that industry. But I don't, <laughs> I'd like to, <laughs> I like to flit around and learn lots of different things because I just have a brain that's always going and I, I'm always connecting the dots. So I, I, for me, it ended up being a really great way to express my creativity, even though I was on the business side of advertising, I wasn't making the ads, but I was still in it, you know, I kind of could combine my left brain and my right brain and, and, and do that stuff. And to your point though, about getting promoted, I mean, the time that I joined the industry, it was very male dominated. No offense.
0: No, none none at all. That's one of the reasons that your story is so fascinating to me. So continue. I want to hear more. Yeah,
1: very male dominated. Um, I'm lucky that I grew up with two brothers, so I'm very comfortable with being around guys. Um, But I do look back and think that some of the things that were said or done were super inappropriate, um, very me too-esque, but you have to put it in context of the time, you know, in, in, the, in the early nineties, you know, it just wasn't a thing and you just got on with work and you just brushed it off and laughed it off and just did your thing. Um, and what I found is that anytime I felt that I was in a situation, which happened a couple of times in my career where I was being held back, Um, one time it was because the client liked me, I did a good job and they didn't want to move me onto something else, even though there were bigger jobs or opportunities to be promoted on other accounts. So I felt like I was being penalized for doing a good job. And, you know, I did it for a while and then I realized, wait a minute, this is just stupid. Why am I putting up with it? And I think a lot of people put up with things that really they shouldn't. And I get why you do it. Cause I've done it. Um, you want to be a team player. You know, you, 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 you are comfortable, you know, the place, you know, the people, the idea of starting somewhere new is daunting. But if I hadn't left those situations to get to you know, a better situation, I wouldn't have been able to work my way up. I would still be in a, you know, mid to senior level role working on the same business. You know what I mean? Like so I definitely had to like, just get myself out of those situations into a place that I'm like, okay, now I've got an opportunity to do more. Cause I'm just curious. I like to do more. And I always felt like, you know, I would get bored. Um, so I, that's my uh, encouragement, I guess also <laughs> within my story is, you know, don't let yourself fall into that trap of complacency, um,
0: right.
1: you know, cause it's easy to do and I understand it, but you know, if, it will ultimately be a regret you have if you feel like you've been held back for years.
0: Yeah, and I feel like that's a, a complaint that a lot of people have, where they feel like they get kind of stuck in their career, they get used to doing whatever role they get stuck in, and then before you know it, five or ten years goes by, and You know, it's like, what do I do now? But you didn't do that. What thing or move that you made do you think really impacted you really like getting yourself to that next level?
1: I would say um, I was at a large agency called McCann. I was actually working on the L'Oreal business and it was awful. Um, everyone knew how difficult the client was and how difficult the account was. And it was just kind of known to be a very toxic place and situation. And I was part of a new team coming on because the client asked everybody else off the business new people. So I got there and I realized, wow, everything everyone was saying is actually true. Cause you know, sometimes you have a tendency to be optimistic and think that, oh no, it'll be different. Like I can change it. And then you get in there and you go, no, it's actually exactly what people have been saying. And it's pretty bad. So I ended up leaving and going to a smaller agency um, that was not as well known or not, didn't have as big clients. But what I felt I needed was opportunity to grow myself personally. And what that did for me is it put me in a position where I got to run that office um, so I suddenly was able to grow the office, do new business, do pitching, which I loved. You know, hire people, um, and and it just got me into a different level of thinking. So sometimes, I guess the lesson in that is you have to go small to go big. You right. know, you have to create an opportunity for yourself um, where you're a big fish in a small pond, as opposed to the other way around. Because what a lot of industries value, and mine was no different, advertising is they want to hire a CEO who's been a CEO. And I always felt like, well, (laughs) how can you get to be a CEO if nobody will give you a chance or you can't, you know? So um, that's the challenge. You have to get yourself in a position where you can show that you can do that job. And I was able to do that at Arnold and I was there eight years. I really loved it. Um, And then, you know, I left, I went to JWT and because I had already done that job, that was an easy transition just to a much bigger place.
0: Now, did they come and find you? Did they hear about you and say, Lynn would be perfect for this role? Like how how did that happen? Because I feel like a lot of times in corporate America, at least what I've experienced is one day I'll just come to work, open up an email and -and so-and-so from such and such company will all of a sudden have like a really, uh, you know, sophisticated role. So and it's not like somebody's putting an ad in like Indeed or wherever saying, we're looking for a CEO and you know, what's your experience? So somebody like find you, was it networking? How did that happen?
1: Well, advertising is actually a pretty small industry where people move around a lot like a lot, I mean, my husband also works in the industry or worked in the industry, I should say. And at one point I think he had 12 different jobs. It was crazy. And it used to be a detriment to do that when I was sort of younger in the business, you were sort of coached to stay at places for four or five years and then move on. But now people bounce around so much. So the result of bouncing around so much is you know everybody in the business because you end up working with, you know, the same people at different agencies and whatnot. And that's pretty much what happened to me. I had left Arnold. Um, Arnold had brought a new CEO in that I clashed with big time, a global CEO. Um, And I just didn't, I just, this was one of those things where I just walked away. I'm like, I don't need to, I was really happy in my job and now I'm miserable and I don't need to be miserable. So enough. Um, And then I was barely, barely had left like a week, two weeks when I got a call from Exactly to your point, like um, a friend that I had worked with at a prior agency, I think it was two agencies before. And he said, oh, my God, I just took this job. It's really challenging. I need some help. What do you think? You know, and I met him for a drink. And that led to meeting him again a month later for another drink. And that led to meeting a few other people. And then before I know it, you know, I'm, I'm going to work there. <laughs>
0: So it pretty much happened the way I envisioned it in my head. So I guess I know a little bit more than I give myself credit for. That's right.
1: That's right. You've got spidey senses.
0: Uh, Yeah, kind of like with the weather, you know, I just, I just knew it was going to happen and I'm Mother Nature, so.
1: (laughs) Maybe you could do some tarot tarot readings with these, you know?
0: Um, well, I don't know if I'm quite that good. I I have a good intuition, but maybe more for myself. Although I guess I kind of had it drawn up pretty good. I don't know. I could analyze this all day. But (laughs) (laughs) So, getting back to you. So, you got the JWT. You're doing this incredible role. And then it turned out that you were the last CEO that they had. Um, how did that exactly come about? And when you knew that your time was going to be, you know, running out, did you already have a vision for all of this? Like, how did everything unfold?
1: Well, I, I was the last CEO. It actually happened after I left. It wasn't a, uh it wasn't the other way around because um, several months after I left, maybe six months or nine months, I don't know exactly. um, J. Walter Thompson merged with another agency called Wonderman Mm -hmm. um, and became Wonderman Thompson. And so the J. Walter Thompson brand died. And it was a shame because it was the oldest ad agency in the world dead. So that's why I'm the last because there can no longer be a CEO of J. Walter Thompson since the brand doesn't exist anymore. But I I had been there four years. I had dealt with a very public Me Too lawsuit. um, And I was just feeling like the stuff that I was doing, like earlier I described how I loved using creativity to solve problems, but I really wasn't doing that. The problems I was solving were like HR problems, finance problems, legal problems, you know? Um, I had gotten pretty far removed from the actual work and doing brand building, which is what I loved. So I kind of just had that realization that, you know, sometimes those jobs at the top look really glamorous and a lot of times they're not, they're completely different jobs. Um, and it was very operational and it just wasn't what I was enjoying. So I just decided to, you know, to leave. I mean, I, I in a way, I wish I had done it sooner. I was there four years. I was probably there two years too long. Um, but I, I'm, I have this in my DNA to be a team player and I always feel responsible for the people that I bring in. And so I have a hard time sometimes cutting, cutting bait, even though I know it's the right thing. So, um, I ultimately obviously left and then decided I was going to start a brand consultancy, which was the HMS Beagle. Um, and we were working with, I have a partner, um, and we would work with startups, um, and help them with their brand positioning and their brand story and their go-to-market strategy. And that was super fun because I felt like I'd been working with very large clients for a long time. And it's very, it's like the Titanic in a sense where you kind of see their business isn't good and you kind of know where it's going, but you're really trying to move the course of it. It's tough. Um, and you also don't see an impact because everything is so takes so long. But when you're working with startups, it's like you can have a conversation about a message or a positioning or an idea for their website. And then it's like the next day they've implemented it. You know what I mean? It just felt so much more um, satisfying. And then I met my haircare partner, James, in 2018. And um, he'd been working on these formulations for about 10 years. And um, we just really clicked, you know, he, he didn't know how to bring them to market. And obviously that's what I know. Um, I don't know how to make haircare formulas. That's what he knows. And so it was a really, um, it's been a really, really good partnership. And we decided to join forces and found Masami together and launched the brand. So that's been really my focus for the last two years.
0: Wow. So this is really kind of just a organic kind of transition for you then.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, I guess my whole career has been sort of like that. I didn't really plan to get into advertising. I didn't really, you know, and and I think um, my, my attitude about it is that sometimes the universe presents you with opportunities and they may not be exactly what you're expecting, but you need to listen. You know, you need to be open-minded and take those opportunities when they're given because you don't get them that often. Um, and this opportunity was just exactly the right time and with the right person, and with the it just it just felt like the stars aligned. So I had to do it.
0: And that's something I've learned as I've gotten older, where you almost have to, as we I think we talked about even before the show, you know, just trusting your intuition in life, which you are like a great example of that, you know, you have followed your heart every step of the way. So that's, go ahead. I mean,
1: well, I was just going to say, I, I, I think there's something to be said for doing what you love. Right. And if it's not giving you pleasure or satisfaction, no matter how hard you work at it, it's going to be hard to rationalize at some point. So I think if you do follow your intuition, but also your passion, Then you're going to end up being able to, the other things will fall in place. I should say it that way, meaning you're going to make money and you're going to be able to do the other things you want to do. So I, I always find when people try to lead with the money, the decisions are usually not great. You know,
0: right. And I know coming into this, I somehow expected to hear like some kind of passionate, story or uh I guess revelation as far as like uh Musami but it really just kind of seems like it follows the same pattern with the rest of your life where you know I I'm sure you do have a passion for what you're doing or you probably wouldn't be doing it but uh I it, it sounds to me like it's a lot like everything else where one thing led to another you met, and it just became what it became. Is that kind of the right uh, intuition on that?
1: Yeah, it it definitely happened like that. But but I will say, like I would, I, I'm I'm too old to do anything I don't want to do. <laughs> you know? Life is too short at this point, so I'm much tougher about those decisions now than I was when I was younger. Um, so I I'm also tougher about the people I want to spend time with. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to work with people I don't like. I just don't have time for it. Um, So doing this has enabled me to kind of have the best of both worlds because I have a business that I really love and am passionate about and a partner that I really get on with well. But we've been able to bring some of our friends into it um, and family into it. And I can kind of blend all those things together. And I don't have to compartmentalize, which takes more work. And so that's where I am in my life. Not everybody can do that. Not everybody wants to do that. But um, I think when you get to a point where you kind of have to be a little selfish, it's a good thing.
0: No, I totally agree. And uh, again, a lot of what you're saying are things that I have learned in my own journey because I got to a point after working for the same company for 10 years, I just said you know what i'm gonna take the leap of faith i'm gonna leave they offered me an opportunity with buyout so i'm just gonna go for it and i'm gonna pick jobs that i like to do and i'm actually going to work on the side and start really thinking about me and the, how i want to develop myself and the actually living out the dreams that I want to live out so I feel like even though it might not have been quite as distinct as your path I feel like there's some similarities where I -hmm. just kind of decided you know what I'm not getting any younger I need to start doing things like a little more on my terms and I feel like that's kind of where you must've gotten to. You want to do things more on your terms.
1: Absolutely. I mean, when you are in the client service business also, or you're in the service business, it's you're always doing something for someone else, you know, and they're always dictating the brief, if you will. So, um, and that's good if you have a really good client, but when you don't have a good client, it's not, it's awful. So to be able to control that, and I guess I kind of laugh now and say that I could be my own worst or best client because (laughs) I have to live by my decisions, but I think it's a much better place to be than to, you know, be, be torturing yourself with working with a situation or people or a client that you just really don't respect or don't like, and you're just hanging in. So, yeah.
0: What? just looking back over your career, you've worked with such big brands, you've worked with startups, like what are, what is or are some projects you worked on that you're just really proud of and really felt like, I I hate to say the ultimate fulfillment because I don't know anybody ever reaches the ultimate fulfillment, but very fulfilling.
1: I would say one of my best experiences was working on the Hershey account. They have a lot of brands um, and we actually relaunched, I guess is the way you would characterize it, Reese's. They had been declining for years and years and years. And anyone who's my age will remember the, you got your chocolate in my peanut butter, you got your peanut butter in my chocolate campaign where the two people would collide. And that's what they were doing. And then we we really reinvented the brand, and it was just a really huge success for them. Um, but more than that, the clients were great partners. They really trusted us. Um, you know, they made us feel like we were part of their business. And and then I could see the results of the work, and that felt really good.
0: I mean, if you ask me, Reese has never declined. I mean,
1: i <laughs> it shouldn't.
0: I've been a Reese's fan since I can remember. So. I know, right?
1: It's shocking to think that it actually was declining for years at one point.
0: Wow, I know that, that is very surprising. That,
1: that was it. What that was before it became a billion-dollar brand, which it is now.
0: Well, it certainly wasn't due to lack of business for me, because <laughs> that's probably my favorite candy bar. So,
1: it's most people's actually. My daughter is also always always has a bag of Reese's in her room so you are not alone
0: no I I have Reese's in the house still from Christmas that I still haven't eaten so it's still hanging around now
1: that we've talked about it you're gonna go eat it after the podcast
0: (laughs) I might I might I mean hey you gotta have a little dessert every once in a while I agree so I, I don't know if you want to name names, but I mean, and you certainly don't have to, but um, was there like an, an experience that you really, it just didn't go well and you learned a lot from it, took some away?
1: Um, I can name names. Um, I worked <laughs> on the AOL account at BBDO. That was awful. Oh, wow. Um, that, yeah. Think about sort of dating ourselves, right?
0: Yeah, um,
1: but the creative team was really difficult, and the, the the process was terrible, and it just on many many levels was a really not good experience. And I didn't want, it. and that was actually what got me to leave that agency because I was like, this is really torturous. Um, I already mentioned L'Oreal; right. they were yep. tough, tough client. Um, and I think you know it's hard because there are certain companies where the culture gets baked in a certain way. And it either you jive with it or you don't, you know, and it's not to say it's good or bad. It's just that some people work really well in a highly competitive, aggressive culture. Some people work better in a collaborative, empathetic culture. And I think you've got to figure out what works for you and then, you know, kind of orient yourself to those types of places.
0: So was the AOL situation, was that during their prime or was that after their prime?
1: That was... Slightly after their prime, it was sort of a trying to make them a household name. We actually hired a, I don't know if I can say, cause she was, her contract was to be a non-identified voiceover, but a very famous actress to do the voiceover at the time who got paid a ton of money um, to not be identified. Um, and that was their way of trying to sort of make the brand culturally relevant. But it obviously didn't work. (laughs) So there's that.
0: It must have been because they stopped delivering all the discs to everybody's house. Oh,
1: my God. Yeah, but Netflix stopped and they're quite successful. So you can find your way through that if you have the right strategy.
0: Well, I guess they didn't have the right strategy then. No. (laughs) So you brought up something interesting there, something I believe it or not, didn't even think about because I'm so focused on the actual brands, but did you ever cross paths with anybody like really notable over the course of uh, time? Like somebody in the celebrity sphere?
1: Well, that's one of the advantages of working in advertising is if you work on a big account with a big budget, and, you know, you go to the productions, um, you do sometimes get to do that. So when I was on L'Oreal, that was one of the cool things about it was, you know, they have a lot of spokeswomen. Um, and I got to meet, um, Mila Jovovich, um, uh, uh, Eva Longoria, Heather Locklear, um, Andy McDowell, um, you know, so that was kind of cool. Um, And then actually at my last job, I met Matthew McConaughey because he was doing the uh, wild turkey work that we had produced. So that was kind of a cool celebrity moment. Um, But honestly, if you're going to get into it for that, it's not. (laughs) You spend literally two minutes with the people and they're like, "Uh uh-huh. Hi. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Okay.
0: (laughs) And, you know, that's something that I think is a parallel with both of our fields where you can't, like, you you gotta get to a point where you're like, okay, this is just normal life, you know, it's not like, oh my god, look who I'm working with, you know, it just doesn't work that way.
1: No, and the celebrities don't like that, you have to treat them just like they're normal everyday people, and that, like, you don't even care that they're in the room, you know, (laughs) even though you, inside, you might be going like, oh my god, I can't believe that,
0: um, (laughs) Yeah, because I know very early in my career, I was an intern at a QVC, which I guess I, I'm breaking a rule that I told you that I have. That you
1: don't talk about it, right? I
0: don't name names. I don't name brands. But I, I didn't know how else to get around that because there's only so many home shopping uh, right. channels. And if I say home shopping and then network, it's like, well, then... It's confusing. So, yeah, I I interned there and just uh, it was really amazing to just have that experience young to be around people that were pretty notable and to just kind of see like, okay, this is nothing to really get overhyped about. It's just, you know, people doing their job and, you know, I'm doing my job.
1: Right. And, and, you know, the thing that you do realize when you're in that position is that there's a lot less glamor to their lives than you think. I mean, you know, they got to get up early, get on set, get ready. They got to deliver their lines. And then the director's telling them, do it this way, do it that way. Walk that way. You know, it's, it's not all like, you know, uh, red carpet moments. We'll put it that way.
0: (laughs) No, it's not. And I know for me there was somebody who was on that network for years who kind of had a certain reputation but I worked the audio board and I got to actually listen in to them talking to their models and just totally different from what people know them as like they just seemed like a genuinely nice person and uh That was a lesson to me, too. Like, wow, you know, a lot of this isn't really what most people see it as, you know. It's uh, to an extent, I guess, their thing, their attitude and the way they kind of marketed themselves was just the way they were marketing themselves. Well,
1: think about it. Celebrities are brands, too, right? They're creating what they want people to see. So, Yeah, And
0: and I guess just for full disclosure, since I already broke one of my rules, that person was Joan Rivers. So, Ah. yeah, so I would work the audio board and, uh, yeah, I would overhear her talking to her uh, models. I guess the models that, like, I guess she had her own personal models and, uh, yeah, she could not have been nicer to them. And
1: that's nice to hear. She always seems like a a cool, you know, very cool person. But that's always good to hear when, you know, in real life, they actually are.
0: Yeah, I I know that she kind of could be a little brash at times and had kind of a reputation for that. But she was totally cool, like totally. So now that I've broken like all of my rules that I said (laughs) that I, I don't do, Or try to very rarely do. Uh, Let's see, where do we go from here? Because I actually wrote down a few questions for you. So, and you're answering everything so well, too. Like, I don't even have to (laughs) get into some of this stuff. You're pretty. You're earning
1: your visas tonight.
0: I'm earning it. Yeah, you're a very good uh, interviewee. So. Let's see, what else can I talk to you about here? So how, this is a really good one. I'm glad that I was digging into that. So your experience in the advertising world, how did that help you in your transition into what you're doing now?
1: I gotta say it's been invaluable because you know, for me having an advertising and marketing brain, I think about the consumer, I think about the experience. Um, that's my dog barking. Holy <laughs>
0: totally fine. Hey, that's character too. Yeah, he's,
1: he's a pain, but there we go. <laughs> uh, but anyway, no, but but having that background is been super, super helpful because um, when I am making decisions, I look at things from a lens of, you know, what's the return on investment? What is it gonna do in terms of creating loyalty or consumer experience? And I also, you know, just because I'm an older entrepreneur, I didn't say old, I said older. I make fast decisions and that's part of my marketing and advertising experience too. You know, when you've done this thing and you've seen these things and you've seen problems before and you've seen the solutions before, you can just kind of like get to the point. You know, you don't have to belabor it. Woo, Dino, Dino.
0: He's angry.
1: He's really fired up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, fired up is probably the better word.
1: Yeah, but he's little, so he's got to bark loud to, you know, make up for it.
0: Fair enough.
1: He should so, calm down in a minute.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man, what was I? I said something I was going to ask. So, how do you ask a question? Because I forgot you said something so good. <laughs> well,
1: I was talking about being older. Maybe that triggered something. And, like, basically, when you know you have the experience to make the decisions and to do the stuff. I I definitely think it's a huge advantage. So I I do try to encourage people that are sort of thinking about a career move, but they feel like, you know, I mean, I was in my Mm fifties, you know, there are people that are 40 that think they're too old to do it and I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) No, you're good, you you know? And I think it's a mindset too, you know, but, but, you know, just, just, um, because I have lots of energy. I'm very productive. And I think in my head, I still feel I'm in my 30s. So there.
0: I'm glad you said that because I am in my early 40s. And even though, yeah, I I need more naps. Like I needed a nap before we did this episode. And, you know, just, you know, my schedule. But uh, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I feel kind of the same way. I feel like I'm still in my thirties or, you know, I I don't know if I want to say, I feel like I'm in my twenties, that might be a stretch, but I mean, how, how do you keep yourself feeling that young? Is it due to your uh, work ethic? Is it something else you're doing?
1: I mean, I just think it's staying productive and staying busy and surrounding yourself with people that stimulate you. Um, You know, I've got people on my team that are my age and some that are much younger. And I learn a lot from the younger ones because they're just tapped into stuff that I don't know about. And um, so I think it's like really building people around you that are positive and that are inspiring you and stimulating you in a good way and getting rid of the people that are just a drag, you know, they're just bringing you down. You don't need that.
0: I really love your attitude because you really kind of just, I I don't know if I want to say compartmentalize your life. That might not be the right word, but you really kind of just get down to, you know, this is what I want. This is the decision I'm making. And it's really just reflective of your whole path and journey. And I just think that's really cool and inspiring to me. You know just to hear somebody you know just going with their heart and you've pretty much been doing that your whole life and seems like you do that in such a calm way
1: (laughs) well I'm also a pretty no drama personality Um, clearly yeah you know, it does help to be kind of pragmatic about things too. You know, it's like not every decision is a life shattering decision. Cause I've always had the attitude of like, okay, so I take this job. If it doesn't work out, so what, you know what I mean? I go somewhere else. And so I think you have to have that sort of, so what uh, question answered a little bit, because usually it's not that scary. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, like what is really going to happen if this doesn't work out? You know, most people have experience to fall back on, you know, it's, yeah. Unless you're like really betting the farm and you're like, okay, I'm going to put my entire life savings and mortgage my house and put my kid's college money into this business. It better work and it doesn't work. Okay. That's different. That's a level of risk that's, you know, (laughs) out there. But most of us, it's just more about getting the impetus to change.
0: Yeah. Well, do you have any regrets in your uh, career or in your life or anything you've managed?
1: I mean, one thing that I coach younger women on a lot is like, I definitely was a yes person in my career. I took on the crappy assignments. I, you know, I kind of did what I was told and I was not a demanding person. And I think there's, an opportunity for anyone who wants to grow and be elevated to be a bit more demanding and don't wait till you're in your fifties like me. Um, but just, you know, ask for what you want, because I used to see men get promoted all the time above the women and the women wouldn't understand. And I wouldn't understand. I'd be like, how did that happen? But if, if you're not vocal and you don't say, Hey, I want that job, or this is why I'm qualified, then, it's easy to get passed over. So that would be my one regret is just stick up for yourself more, you know?
0: Right. And I mean, how do you, in your opinion, how do you feel like you stick up for yourself?
1: I mean, now I do, because I don't make decisions that I know I'm going to regret later, like, or if I do make a decision and I see that it's not a good decision, I try to fix it right away. So I think it is a little bit, and it's also about, I was going to say, it's a little bit about um, being a little more hard-nosed about it, but it's also just a little bit about uh, prioritization, you know, like, like, like there are certain people that are not worth me spending time with. And I know that, and I just don't want to do it, whether it's personal or work.
0: Right. And,
1: you know, I, I did, I was pretty good early on when I had kids about kind of, drawing the line that there were like parents of my kids' friends that I had no interest in hanging out with. And I would just not do it. you know? and, and a lot of people get sucked in because they feel obligated or they feel ob- obligated to do, you know, b- bake the cookies for the class, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, and I just, that was not me. So I just didn't do that. And, but I think there's lots of opportunities in your life where you can be better about prioritizing we we could all be better about prioritizing and that really helps for sure
0: and again I think a lot of what you're saying just reflects the place that you're in now which is look I've been through all these things I'm experienced I have wisdom I know what I want and that's what I'm gonna do and yeah I respect that tremendously and I know For In my case, I definitely have come to that place too because I think a lot of us get caught up in trying to make the best impression and not saying no too much, but we all hit a point where it's just like, okay, enough is enough. I, I need to be happy and I need to do what's best for me and what's in my heart and my soul and I think you are such a great reflection of that and you do it with so much grace so
1: <laughs> well you don't see me every day at work <laughs> well
0: I mean hey as far as uh this episode goes and just talking to you I'm like man that's it, it's taking me like this whole time I'm like she has a lot of grace that was probably what I would uh that's
1: a very nice thing to say I don't think anyone's told me that before thank you
0: well, you, you navigate life just so gracefully. It's like amazing. You're so poised. And I think that's what made you so successful, just grace and poise and intelligence and a lot of other things that you've displayed here, which is amazing, like super impressive. But uh, with that being said, As we're winding down this episode here, I almost feel like I didn't give you enough time to really talk about your businesses. Is there anything that you really want to say that's been left unsaid?
1: Well, I think um, if anyone wants to go check out my business now, they can go to my website, lovemasami.com, L-O-V-E-M-A-S-A-M-I. And um, no, I'm just really proud of what we're building. You know, we're creating products that, hair care products that are good for you and good for the environment and work really well. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell.
0: So is there anything that you're doing? Like what, what exactly should, I should say, are you doing that makes it good for the environment?
1: So um, our products are sulfate, paraben and phthalate free. Um, but they're super high-performing. So that's one thing is the formulations. But the other thing we're doing is we're launching a large size, sustainable, refillable bottle next month. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah, Yeah. there's so much plastic waste in the beauty industry that, um, and I find that it's a lot of the smaller brands like us that are trying to do these things to fix it. It's not the big guys necessarily. Some of them are, but
0: it's hard. I mean, every little bit helps. And I mean, exactly. I, I know while I'm not like super duper uh, environmentalist, I do care very much. And I even got my wife thinking about recycling who wasn't even thinking about it when we started dating. So it is important to me. So I, I love hearing that and anything that helps the environment, like I know there's a lot of people who have their opinions on that. And I don't want to get too political or anything like that. But uh, as I am, I, I'm i open to everybody's perspective on like pretty much anything. So that's why I guess I'm doing this show and doing it the way I'm doing it. But uh, yeah, I definitely care about recycling and just the you know better treatment of the environment. I mean, at yeah. least- Let's try to do the best we can, even if what we're doing actually doesn't matter. You know, we're trying. (laughs) So
1: I agree. I think we all need to be more responsible. Yeah. Um, But anyway, that's a whole topic for another another podcast, probably. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's getting too political. I I try not to be Mr. Political Guy. I think we get more than enough of that uh, day to day anymore. So is there anywhere that uh, anybody can catch up with you on social media or if they want to work with you? How sure. can they contact you?
1: Yeah, well, my email is lynn, lynn at lovemosme.com. So that's easy. Um, but I'm also easy to find on LinkedIn. You can just Google my name and moss or search my name, I should say. Um, and, uh, our social handle is love moss me hair. My personal handle is Lynn powered. So that is basically every way you can find me.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough. I hope, uh, people track you down and, uh, find out about your grace and your poise that, uh, you've shown, uh, in this episode and through your life. It was amazing to have you on this show to talk about your journey so thank Thank you for taking some time out
1: yeah thank you I really enjoyed uh chatting with you thanks
0: oh no problem and uh I guess that's all we have unless there's something else you want to add
1: no I think I think you're due I think you've earned your Reese's
0: I've earned my Reese's
1: (laughs) we can end on that
0: (laughs) all right well uh not only did I earn my Reese's, I know my dinner is going to be delivered in like 15, 20 minutes. So perfect. Um, yeah, I think this is as good a time as any to say thank you. Lynn power of Wasami hair care. I'm not saying as gracefully as you, but, Mm uh, that is, uh, all we have for today. So thank you very much. And, uh, that is it for mark my words this time i'll be back soon with another episode so thank you lynn and thank, thank you him. everybody
1: Bye.